0: Hey lady. Oh, <laughs> oh.
1: I'm here.
0: Oh, I wasn't ready, babe.
1: What's cracking. I was not
0: ready. You oh, are so funny. You cracking, man. Good to see good to see your face. I know, it's been like forever. It's been entirely too long. What? Almost 10 years. When did y'all come to Miami? Ten years
1: ago, like yeah. like it'll be ten years probably in um August. August of this year, something.
0: Yeah, I I don't remember. I was getting my MBA when y'all came. I don't even think I was finished. <laughs> I was still in the program. So yeah, that, that sounds about right.
1: Do you so, hold yeah. your Do you hold your phone when you do this? No nah, man, I'm fancy. I have um a selfie ring. A selfie ring. Okay. Yeah. Let me see. I think I can manage this. Let's see. Yeah, next. What, what,
0: what is that? What y'all call it?
1: Whatever it is. Um, those are, those are is babies? real baby hairs. You you know, the children, the children do the edges. You know, these are the real baby hairs right now.
0: <laughs> you, you just taught me something. Now you know you sideways right now, right?
1: Yeah, I'm trying to fix this phone okay. on this thing. Okay. I was trying to make it to where you could see me, but that's okay. I'll figure it out. I can see enough.
0: I can see enough. Okay. All right, we're gonna get started.
1: All right, sounds like a plan. You ready? Is this is this your first IG live? This is my first. No, I've been on live, but like not for real, so yeah. And then this is for sure my first um like podcast, my podcast invite. So I'm excited.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah, this is actually my first I you live for my podcast. I think it's my, yeah, this is definitely the first one for my podcast. I'm not really like being in front of the camera.
1: No. no, I don't.
0: Uh, so we just go see how this works. Okay. All right, we just go kick it off. My name is Samuel Ibrahim. I'm the host of the Mind the Prophet Meditation Hour, a new podcast that is hosted on Spotify and Anchor. We love those guys, so I always give them a shout out. I am here today with a good friend. Uh, we met 10 years ago, um, standing on couches and doing lots of other ratchet things in Miami, <laughs> in the UK, for a girl's trip uh, with one of my cousins, and we have just uh, been peas and carrots ever since then. Uh, my, my very good friend, uh, Monique Banks. Smith. Uh, I'm Smith. a Smith now. Excuse me. Excuse me, Monique Smith.
1: No, it's all good. You know, it's been a, it's
0: been a minute. It's, it's been a while. <laughs> well, I didn't know which one it was. I didn't know if it was Banks or Smith, so I, I, was, I was trying to get a man's props. Uh, get, and I'm giving that man his props. He's been ah. for a minute. Uh, so Monique is here, uh, and we're just gonna jump right into this thing. Anybody who uh, listens to the podcast know that I start every podcast episode with an affirmation. So we're gonna start with my favorite one. It's called the Freedom Affirmation. This is on my blog, www.mindoftheprophet.com. It's uh, uh, on WordPress. I have all those pinned up at the front. So. The Freedom Affirmation, somebody said turn up the volume. You can't hear me. Let's see. Let's see how we do. I see.
1: Oh, you know what? That's my brother-in-law. Is,
0: is that better, friend? Uh Mr. Murphy. Is that loud enough? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna uh, believe that it is. Uh the freedom affirmation, it starts. I am free. What thoughts does a free man have? What thoughts does this free man have? What choices does he make? How does he value his time? How does he love? How does he forgive? How does he fight his battles? Um, How does he slay his demons? How does he save his money? How does he spend his money? And how does he multiply his money? I just added that. I like that. You like that, huh? The universe being honest is faithful and able to perform without exception, amen. So, for those who are uh, Monique's guests, because I'm, I'm guessing you probably have more people that showed up to see you versus me, my name is Samuel <laughs> Ibrahim, I am an attorney here in Houston, Texas, I don't really practice much too, too, more, uh, too much anymore, I primarily write, I have two books on Amazon, I have a podcast on Spotify, and I do other uh, business consulting type of things, and I wanted to have Monique on just because she is super dope, she has great energy, she's super wise. She has uh, just an energetic personality, and I, I just love talking to her. So this is the first time we've talked in, like, five years?
1: It's been it's been a long time. A cool minute, yeah. It's been a long, long time. So uh, tell the people who you are. Well, I am a mother and a wife and a sister, and I am also a salon owner. Very, very, very much into... Um, hair care but also the inspiring and the empowerment of women Uh, especially my sisters uh, but all women and um, I am just you know here to learn and here to serve so I mean maybe through this little podcast you can learn a little bit more about me as we talk but I think that's pretty much sums it up you know
0: well, uh, somebody just said that she's a phenomenal woman in the comments. I agree. She is a phenomenal ah, woman. So, you are a girl. salon owner. And when we met, uh, I was getting my MBA uh, down in Miami. And you were talking about you were just getting ready to start. You had this great concept for a salon called Hair Tenders. So, tell us about Hair Tenders. And they were just to, because I know that that's going through some phases. Uh, So let's just tell tell, the world what Hair Tenders was. What was that great idea that you had ten years ago?
1: You know, it initially started off as, you know, bringing an upscale multicultural hair salon to the Bay Area, California. Um, I hadn't experienced that before. And I had gone other places and I I saw it being done. I just hadn't seen it being done where I was. And I wanted to open the doors for that here. Um, It took off really quick. Um, I had a a wonderful business partner at the time. She was a super marketer. She just, she was a genius in her own right. Mm -hmm. And, um, I mean, we worked well together and we ran a seven year course. Seven is the number of completion. So I believe that we did what we were supposed to do. And now, um, I'm here on my own, just really tapping into my purpose individually and my passion, which, um, I got to touch on a little bit with hair tenders, but now I can actually take the wheel and have total control and I'm excited about it. So that's what I'm doing. And, um, hair tenders, you know, it was a, it was a great learning experience. I met a lot of wonderful people and, um, I got a leg up in the hair industry and and networked a lot and learned a lot. So I'm grateful to be able to take those experiences and pour them right on into uh, Monique Janae beauty, which is my new salon. And, um, you know, I'm just I'm here to to just give you all I got and if you are in the Bay Area I would love for you to come and see me if you are on a healthy hair journey because I'm on that journey too and I'm I'm going to share those experiences with you. Um, hair tenders was great you know it was great it was just so let's so let's get to that a little bit. And I, I like to plug, I mean, go right for the money.
0: <laughs> hey, you guys, we, hey, listen, you know, we we ain't doing this for free, right? You got to get to the money. So uh, partnerships, they're hard. Oh, yeah. Right? So partnership, and I, I have one. So I've been, um, I'm 42 now. I was self-employed for a large majority of my 20s. And one of those businesses was a partnership where we, we did fairly well. And then it just, it, once we started making decent money, like real money, then we started having like real problems. And I realized that a partnership is very much like a marriage, right? I was just getting, you took the words out of my Yeah. It's it's very much like a marriage, right? Which also means when that partnership ends, it's very much like a divorce. So, so, so let's talk about what the advantages were. So before we even just talk about, you know, what it has been like rebuilding from, from a partnership to now being out on your own, what were the advantages of a partnership?
1: I mean, you definitely—it's like a—I I like to put it like this—in um, a more fun concept. It's like being a part of a girl group, you know?
0: Okay, well, like, wait, for wait, me, wait. what was the name for, of the girl group? If, if what, <laughs> what would be the name of y'all girl group?
1: And who would be uh, the know,
0: lead singer? Who would be the lead singer? You know, How would we, we like actually, it would be you.
1: No, you know, I knew you were going to say that, but I honestly feel like we just—we—we we were both doing our thing. Okay. So, that it actually made it it actually made it even more fun because I never felt like I was carrying any, you know, like I, I really did I really didn't feel like that. So, um so I you, was, so you know, had
0: one thing that you would do, and then she had another thing you would do, that she would do, and then that way you guys were not stepping on each other's toes.
1: Right, it worked out. Yeah. It worked out very very well. I just think that you know when you are um, growing and learning, and I jumped into the um, hair business like. I jumped in head first green. Like I I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't even have a real business plan when we got started. So I just feel like um, for me, it was like a super learning experience. And when I had my business partner, it was awesome because when I couldn't, you know, figure things out, you know, she tapped right in and she would throw her two cents in and, you know, or she'd wake me back up when I would feel like, oh, I'm just, I'm dead. I'm over it. We we had a very good chemistry like that. So that was the best part about it. But I think that the hardest part is, um, you know, when you're growing and you're not always growing in the same directions. And I think yeah. that's, that's that's like you said, it's, it's like being in a marriage where, you know, there are the ups and the downs, but, you know, sometimes you have to know when to let go. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I've
0: never even looked at it from that perspective because uh in my instance of uh when I know that partnerships have dissolved, it's not always well, I guess people do grow apart and, you know management styles grow apart goals for the business grow apart right that wasn't my that wasn't my experience like it was just one carrying load and one wasn't so that's actually very interesting that you guys when you say grow apart was was it a growing apart in management styles growing
1: apart in vision um, it was a, it was a collective of things, so like I think that um when I wanted to start this salon concept, um, my business partner was like, she was my biggest cheerleader. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like you said, when it became a big deal, when it was, when it was like very, very popular and, and there was a lot of foot traffic and a lot of people wanting to get appointments, I think because we didn't have um, a real uh, plan in place and know how to handle that, Mm -hmm. Um, You know, brought about tension. Mm -hmm. Um, We tried to um, redefine roles. Mm -hmm. And I think we just kind of started discovering that the things we thought we wanted Mm -hmm. had started to change, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, But there's always times in a partnership, in a marriage, uh, where, you know, you do feel overwhelmed, or you may feel like you are the only one that, is doing something or carrying the load, but what I will say is, in my partnership with, um, and her name is Christina, by the way, for those who don't know. But when, in my partnership with her, uh, I feel like we always were able to kind of dial back into, you know, mm. being okay and 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 lifting each other up. It just came to a point where I just feel like we were growing personally in different directions mm. and we're very we're both uh, very strong personalities and very strong women and it was like we were either going to have to go our own ways or we will blow up in smoke because we were so committed to our own things Mm -hmm. you know like it became a thing where it was like well, well this is what I want and um I don't think we didn't. I don't think we didn't have the capacity to make it work. I just think, but everything that was going on in our personal lives, it mm-hmm. just became too much of a job. So uh, it was, it was easier yeah. to save and salvage, you know, our personal relationship. Yeah, and try to hold on to this business that was. Mature.
0: That that that's actually very mature because uh, you'll see people just like let it crash and burn, and then you know there's nothing left to salvage there. So uh, you know, right. So that, that's actually pretty wise. So, um, something you also said that I think is interesting because I went through the same thing was you experienced rapid growth, say <laughs> that you were unable to manage the growth. So what was that like? Because that's a that's a common business uh, uh, owner problem. Like you, you know, you have a plan when you're coming out, you don't realize that the public is going to respond to you. As, as well as they do and you're completely unprepared for all of what comes with it. So how did you manage? How did you manage that, you know, acceleration?
1: It was your, crazy. We yeah. mismanaged it. I'll be honest. We mismanaged it. I mean, it was like uh we went from, you know, coming over to um, uh, a nice affluent area in Walnut Creek, California that was like very high profile and um a lot of you know other it was a lot of hair salons here, mm-hmm. but we were the only ones here that were servicing you know primarily black women. We were the only ones doing specific services and mm-hmm. um and we were in an area that people wanted to be in mm-hmm. so when the when the floodgates opened up for the business um initially we were excited because when we signed our lease, I mean we had just enough to get the business going and that that was like it. So when we started getting the clients initially, we were excited, you know, it was like, oh my God, we can't believe this is really happening. Like there's all these requests, Mm -hmm. but um, the hardest part was like knowing when to get help, knowing when to Mm -hmm. um, delegate things out to other people, Mm -hmm. you know, um, we were so, we were both um, so involved in the work that it was like we didn't even make the time to try and train an assistant. Mm-hmm. You know, or or even like, um, uh, I will say, uh, Christina a lot of times will be like, you know, I know I like talking to the clients and doing the cause I would answer our phone calls or I would email people back. But she even got to a place she was like, you can't do all of this. Right. And, and I was so much wanting to just be um to have a to have my hand on it where I didn't want it to get you know out of control, and I wanted to control the atmosphere yeah. and I just wanted everything to be a certain way that I didn't know when to you know
0: it go ahead and turn
1: things over so it was hard and it, it was the, there were a lot of people that didn't get um they didn't get the the responses that they that they needed you know because we were overwhelmed we were overbooked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the other thing too is we did we um we also had to figure out that. It was when it was time for us to uh, raise our prices according to demand. Oh, so like for me, it hit me like a light, like a lightning bolt. I was like, we are, we are not charging enough money for where we are. We are working way too hard to try to maintain, mm-hmm. and um, we also needed to like start dialing in on who our ideal client was, mm-hmm. and. Um, that was a that was a bit of a tug of war, the price changing because mm-hmm. um, there were certain people that we knew, you know, were probably not going to be able to, or I won't say be able, that weren't going to choose to come with us on that journey when we started right. to right. elevate. Right. And um, you know, that also caused us, you know, it caused us some um, some growth issues too because you know you're trying to do everybody, you're trying to make everybody happy. And you're not even realizing that some of these people don't even belong in your chair. Mm-hmm. You know? So, so it, it was hard.
0: All right. Uh, one more question. and Then we're going to ease into the personal life. Cause uh, if you, if you've been a business owner for all this time, you have to have a way that you are online. Otherwise, you know, being married to the job all the time can, can, you know, just become overwhelming. Um, have you ever had a really good assistant? Like one that really took the weight off of your shoulders?
1: I'll be honest with you and say, no, Mm -hmm. but I'll be honest with you and also say it was my fault. Okay. And I'll say that because I feel like there were times when I had, I had an assistant that was very close to me. I'm still very close to, I think she might be on here. She might be listening to us, but, (laughs) there were times when i know that uh i could have empowered her a little bit more Mm -hmm. but i was so afraid of losing control i was so (laughs) afraid of letting go of you know Mm -hmm. like loosening my grip that i still was micromanaging Mm
0: -hmm. i didn't
1: really allow her to probably uh, function at the capacity she could have okay if i could (laughs) do it over i would rehire her okay and i would do it different so i will say that the the no is not because it wasn't, the person wasn't able to do it. It was because I just wouldn't allow it to be done.
0: You didn't know how to let them do that job.
1: Yeah. So uh,
0: the most productive I've ever been in, uh, whoever you are, she gave you a shout out and, and likely a job offer. So, you know, <laughs> you know give her a call. She, she just tell you she wants you back. Uh, the most productive I've ever been is when I had an office manager. This was years ago. At a This is, I don't know, like 2008, nine-ish. And uh, I had an office manager for my consulting company. I used to work with utilities. And that was the most productive I ever was professionally was when I had somebody that could really do all the things that most business owners don't have the money to do. Uh, and that is to to pay somebody to answer the phones, to pay somebody to do your books, to, to read your proposals, to whatever the case is, right? Whatever mm-hmm. those administrative tasks are that come along with being a business owner, when you have somebody else to do that, it just makes sure, like you can do, you can focus on the business and not all of the back office stuff. Absolutely, it's an investment. Like it, it's a, it's a worthy investment uh, for 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 your next time around. So, with all this said, being said, because we've been too serious, how do you stay <laughs> creative? Like, what do you do to unwind?
1: Um, you know, I used to um, think I was unwinding when I would go home and like wait for everybody to be asleep, and I break out the wine and you know. <laughs> I would sit in front of the TV, and I would really like think I was unwinding. Um, only to only to realize that like I'd be having trouble getting up in the morning, you know, and just like. Uh huh. So I recently—I almost I say recently—in the last few years, I honestly tapped into meditation. That's the best way. That's the easiest way for me to unwind. Like I literally like will. Um, sometimes I listen to your book too, uh, but I—I I honestly. Well, um, you know, I have a couple of people that I listen to on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a couple of um, different little musical uh, soundtracks that I like to listen to, mm-hmm. and I and I like and I like to listen to things at a lower volume too. You know, mm-hmm. it kind of forces me to really like listen and focus and pay attention. Mm-hmm. But meditation has actually been like one of the best best ways for me to unwind. I I actually, I, so
0: so why meditation? Like, what what made you gravitate? Because everybody has their own things. Like, Stress. Now what 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 benefits did you notice right away
1: from better, your- sleep. better sleep better sleep. Um you know I because of better sleep I have more energy. Mm-hmm. And um and honestly, you know, um I feel like when you are um I like I like to meditate myself into getting ready to sleep. I like to deep breathe. Mm-hmm. Um and I feel like um, sometimes I put things on um, that I know that, like, will enter my subconscious and have me, like, kind of move in yeah. the next day. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean?
0: yeah, yeah,
1: So And I know you know what I mean, actually. Yeah. But, but yeah, so that's um, that's one of the things. The other thing I like to do is um, I like to sing and I like to write. So You write in a journal? I do. I do. I actually just started writing in a journal again. I I used to journal all the time. Took a big break. And now me and my daughter are journal writing. Y'all
0: journaling together. That's dope. That's dope. So, uh, because I journal. I like I write every day. I write every day. So I'm going to uh, just start asking random and ridiculous questions now. (laughs) Because I haven't talked to you in a long time. So I just want to, I'm just going to start sprinkling in uh, shit that just don't make no sense to what we're talking about. (laughs) Okay. Uh, uh, first question is, do you like to stand on couches? I'm just going to ease the people into it because everybody okay. doesn't know you. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm.
1: What, what's your go-to shot? What is it? My go-to shot? Yeah. Um. Probably uh, casadores
0: What is it? I don't even know what that is. You just said something fancy. I was just going to say. No, tequila. it's actually
1: not even fancy at all. It's tequila. Tequila. Oh, well, look, we got that in common. Yeah,
0: tequila. Uh, um, That turns me to a gremlin after about three or
1: four. uh, Really, I can't even do three or four. Like I have totally no. Not I've got like when I tell you that the hard liquor is like one, maybe two shots. I think I'm more of a wine drinker now. That's like my thing. I feel less less guilty. Oh, less less
0: guilty with the with the wine. Uh, So yeah. No, I like Hennessy still. Like I'm still in uh, Hennessy and orange juice, and uh, don't let me hear some real good music
1: because Hennessy and orange juice, it's good. Right. I'm gonna have to try that. It, it kind of sounds, you know, I I do like a good sidecar. See, that that's
0: kind of like a a, a broke man's sidecar, but yeah, it's basically the same thing. Yeah, kind of yeah. sidecars are uh almost essential for a good ratchet night. A good ratchet night. A good ratchet night, I think so. You just gotta start off with a sidecar uh and then get around with some music and then you know who knows what's gonna happen after that. And All right, a so with a good so, ratchet so, night. So next random question. Uh what celebrity would you like to to arm wrestle? If you could wrestle arm wrestle? I, arm wrestle one yeah.
1: If I could arm wrestle a celebrity <laughs> I have never ever even thought about arm wrestling anybody, let alone a celebrity. Let me think. Brandy.
0: That was so random. Why Brandy? What she? What did Brandy do to you? You just just cause, huh? Cause I just Monisha? see if, I
1: could, if we can arm wrestle and I can win. You know, I, I, yeah. I like. Brandi. She's she's like somebody I feel like if I, if I knew Brandy, I probably would like Brandy.
0: I, I want to arm wrestle. Uh, I want to arm wrestle Joe Biden.
1: Joe Didn't Biden.
0: You? Yeah, because uh, after I win, he gotta give us reparations. I want to <laughs> say.
1: Oh, you I put tell, that That was smart.
0: Yeah, I want. I want to suck him right into that bet. The winner. The winner gets reparations. He. Ain't get I want
1: you to arm wrestle Joe Biden too.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I I'd cheat for that buddy. Listen, steroids, whatever.
1: Uh. Um, Somebody said yes, Henny and OJ. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hey, I think I think Joe Biden drinks Hennessy and orange juice. He looks like a good Hennessy drinker. Look, I wouldn't doubt it. I think Joe Biden stands on tape uh, couches too. Personally, uh, he definitely stands on couches. I think he's a good uh, couch stander the and probably for sure. Yeah, you know, he would probably be off in about uh, you know five ten minutes. Actually, he looks like the type <laughs> that would buy up all the roses in the club and then just start handing them out to all the women. Oh, you think he's that smooth? <laughs> Hey, I have actually seen somebody do that before. Me too. I had, I had a client, I had a client do that before. This is he no. was a 40-year-old. No, I'm so serious. This was a 50, 40, 50-year-old white guy. This is the funniest story. You're gonna laugh. And this is a true story. This is a true story. We had just finished up this audit. We we're in Baltimore, and we basically commandeered this beer garden, and then we moved over to this other place. So we got hammered at the beer garden. On the way from the beer garden to the club. The lounge, like this, this company had people that were just spontaneously like breaking out crying, and uh, like crying in the middle of the street. <laughs> like they were, they was, they were so hammered. So I get into the club, right, and here's this guy. He literally had bought all the flowers from the flower man and was passing them out to random women in the club. So, my just guys, he, I'm not I'm not gonna say too much more because I don't want to get in trouble because he, because people might be knowing who he is. Yeah, but, exactly. but nevertheless, so so this is how hammered he was. He couldn't even make it home. My manager had to, like, um, allow him to, to sleep in his hotel room so he could sleep it off before he went home. Then he got into the wrong Uber the next morning. It was all yeah. awesome. Hey, Hey, you ever seen that show uh, uh, with Marty Khan, that consultant show on Showtime where they were consultants and they just drank with everybody and did a bunch of record shit? That, no. That's consulting at the house. What's the, what's the name of the show? I don't remember. Uh, something, something. I don't remember. I'll think of it before this is over. All right. Um, what's your guilty vice? Reality TV.
1: Reality TV, which one? One of the housewives shows? All the housewives.
0: All the housewives shows.
1: Which one is yep. your favorite? Uh, my favorite housewife, probably Atlanta. Atlanta. Mm, I, I, I like I, uh Potomac. I like Potomac.
0: Yeah, I like Potomac.
1: Oh, I, no, Potomac I but I think Atlanta is my favorite because I love me some candy. So
0: the, the I, one who go to stripper parties.
1: Yep, yeah, that's her. I just love everything about her though, but especially she would be cool to hang out with. That's why I like watching her.
0: Yeah, you know <laughs> she stand on couches. Which, which, uh, which one of the Potomac housewives did you hang out with? Which one?
1: Which Potomac housewife would I hang out with? I'll be honest, um, everybody gonna hear this, but my favorite Potomac housewife is Giselle. So probably Giselle.
0: I think Giselle is kind of cool.
1: I like Giselle. She reminds me of myself a little bit.
0: You gotta tell us why, why?
1: I just feel like, you know, she knows who she is. Confident. You know, she has daughters, I have a daughter. (laughs) You,
0: uh, do, do you still
1: daydream? Occasionally, not enough.
0: Okay, what do you daydream about? Do you daydream in meditation?
1: You said, do I do a daydream meditation? Yeah,
0: do you daydream in meditation? No. Why not?
1: That's a good question.
0: Let me tell you a fun fact. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. All right, so... I uh I listen to a lot of books, like all the time. So there's uh there's one author he, he wrote in the mid-20th century, his name is Neville Goddard.
1: Uh-huh.
0: and he talks about uh consciousness and imagination and, and so on, and you know, basically along those lines. And and he does it in a different way, but you still do this in meditation. So one of his basic principles uh in, in his teachings is to um imagine yourself at some point in time in the future and like really get into like the moment, like what's going on, who are you with? Who are you talking to? What are they wearing? What does it smell like? What are you guys celebrating, right? He tries to make it, he says to make it an entire event actually before you go into sleep, so you can carry that into your sleep and your subconscious kids can do the rest. So this is what that does. He doesn't break it down like this, but I do. That place is like a subconscious pen in time in the future for something that your subconscious is just gonna walk you towards all by yourself, right?
1: I totally agree. So, I totally agree. And maybe maybe I wasn't thinking about it right because that is something I do. I, I never thought about it like as a daydream, though. Yeah, it's just a daydream. And,
0: and so people daydream the wrong way all the time, right? So on the way to work, especially if you hate your job or you hate going <laughs> home, right? You have right. an argument in your head on the way to your destination. And most of the time, if you didn't have the argument that day, you're going to have it some kind of day because it's something that you keep playing in your head, right? But, all you're really doing, and then you're making yourself mad. So you you making an emotional connection to that point in time. Oh yeah, it's right? coming to you. It's coming right for you. Yeah, it's, it, you go slingshot it right into your future. So daydreaming—that's that's your phone fact. It's uh, it's almost like created time. All right, uh, let me see what other, what other oh, I had an accident. I'm back. Who 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 do you think uh who do you think is the who who do you think has uh, the bigger foot fetish. Uh, <laughs> okay, I'm listening. Uh, Bill Gates or uh, Kamala Harris? Kamala Harris. I was going to say Kamala Harris too. Why, why yes. do you say the Kamala Harris? She just gives me foot fetish vibes. She gives
1: you foot fetish, don't she? Yes, all I day
0: think, I think she likes a big Charles Barkley-like
1: foot, man. Like, like, she just really want to lean into it. I definitely feel like she's a foot person. I don't know why I get that energy from her, but mm-hmm. Bill Gates don't give me feet at all. What what he give you? I'm Bill thinking. Gates. Bill Gates is like I think he likes teeth. You're like what? I think Bill Gates is a teeth person. A teeth. I think Bill Gates likes teeth. That's what he makes me think about. Somebody that's looking all up in mouth.
0: That was, I would have never thought that you would say <laughs> something like that. But okay, teeth. I don't look at Bill Gates and get teeth man. I look at him and get a, I I'm not going to say because. You get foot because uh, you said who's the bigger foot fetish? Who he he looks like he got uh, some fetishes. He looks like he probably into bondage and shit. That's what I think of uh, when I see Bill Gates. He just looked like he had too much control. And, Somebody uh,
1: says he's creepy. Bill Gates is creepy. I think you might be right. Bill Gates is a little. Yeah, creepy. I feel he probably like to walk around and uh, pat another with the mask. Uh, he got the S thing. I, on. I mean, I just, I, I feel. No, like... you know what? You, you might be onto something because, yeah. See, I, don't can't you see it now? I definitely can see it. All right. Uh, next random question:
0: uh, Do you have hair on your toes? Yes. I do.
1: The big the, the, one, the big toe.
0: Does, does your husband
1: like that? He like everything about me. He like everything oh. <laughs> You said that with a lot. Hold on, somebody
0: said look like Bill Gates' hump's feet. <laughs> uh, hey, Dave Chappelle said he liked to do it, so why not Bill Gates? That's my girl. She's crazy. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, why, why not Bill Gates? I'm, I'm going to ask you a personal question. You ain't got to answer Uh-oh. That. Okay, are you ready? No. All right. Uh, uh, who is the bigger pervert? You or your husband? Me. Me. Okay. Shout out, uh, Mr. Smith. That's, that's, <laughs> he's he probably at home smiling away for you to get home. All right. I think he, uh, he thinks he's the bigger pervert, but it's he, for sure. Oh, okay. This is real random. I really want to see your answer to this when you go ahead and think about it. You ready? Uh, Who is more likely to fight pit bulls? uh, Jesus or Buddha?
1: Jesus. Why Jesus? Because Buddha is not doing that. He's like, you think Buddha would fight pit bulls over Jesus?
0: I, yeah, Buddha ain't fighting no dogs. I said Jesus because Jesus can raise all his dogs from the dead.
1: I was more so thinking that Buddha is big, fat, and happy, and why would he want to fight pit bulls?
0: And he just so uh you know Buddha liked pleasure too. He might he might he might have liked to fight pit bull puppies. He has a really interesting story. Do you know the story of Buddha? Like he no, was a whole I- prince. He was a prince and walked away from all of that and like starved himself for years to reach enlightenment. Like, he had a really? son and a wife at home. Yeah. He had a son and a wife that he really didn't spend any time with. And you
1: yeah. said he starved himself?
0: Yeah. Trying to reach enlightenment, he he basically starved himself to nothing. And, and then even, even throughout that, he did not – he didn't reach enlightenment the way that he thought he was supposed to. So, I think he had – I don't know exactly how long he did this journey, but it was long enough. You know, it could have been several years. Uh, actually, he left – uh, the people that he was on this journey with and he just sat under a tree and he just decided I'm not going to leave this tree until I get the enlightenment I wanted and he reached it but in all of the self-punishment and affliction that he did like he never reached enlightenment it, it never it never came to him while he was taking all these drastic actions it wasn't until he just kind of let go of everything
1: I was going to say so it kind of sounds like he had just had to decide that's what was happening he's going to be enlightened I'm going to sit here I'm going to be enlightened yeah. of other things yeah he he had a um he had he had a
0: he had a pretty interesting story uh who 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 whose potato salad would you trust more
1: <laughs> i don't like potato salad
0: you don't like potato salad
1: <laughs> i mean let me let me hear what you're gonna ask i want to see who my choices are
0: I, actually i this, this wasn't this wasn't um i didn't have i didn't have two people with this one i actually wrote a uh would you trust beyonce's potato salad
1: you trust me? You have Beyonce's potato salad. But I trust Beyonce's potato salad. It like mm-hmm. she
0: can make potato salad to me.
1: She does, but she not. Does? Yeah, I, I would, she don't look like she cook. I'm just not gonna take away all her cooking. She is from Houston. I'm gonna give her some. Well, I don't mean cook like that. I mean like, I'm sure she can make stuff, but like potato salad is like, you know, no, that's she, a thing. Yeah. I, uh, I feel like she
0: probably cried about it. I think that's how bad a potato salad is. But everything she probably make real good, you know, green. You think
1: greens, she greens. tried it? You think she tried to make potato salad? Of course. Of course she's
0: tried to make potato salad.
1: Well, I think that Beyonce is a Virgo. <laughs> and I don't think she's tried to make potato salad.
0: Okay, well maybe she'll answer that question. Uh somebody somebody who knows Beyonce's slot of yeah. it. I feel like I feel like she made potato salad and her and Jay Z probably had a fight about it. <laughs>
1: In the elevator. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh all right, hold on. Uh what what else? What else did I have here? All right, so um slide out of slide out of just random stuff. I'm still gonna I'm still gonna throw this in there. You talked about my books, talked about uh like listening to my books. What did you think? Cause I actually when I first sent them to you, I really wanted to know what you thought about the books, because I just trust you were, you know, everything like that, right? You're, you're just the way your mind works. So what did you receive from the books? Like, I just want to hear your whole thought process because there's, there's nothing really out there like that, that talks about God or the prophets' experience in the way that I talk about that.
1: Well, when I first, cause I, I listened to the book. So when I first was listening to it, I was like, who is this man? Cause it wasn't you. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, I I thought initially, like, what is he getting ready to get into? Because you were talking about the prophets and their mental state and Mm -hmm. all the stuff. But honestly, like, as I listened more, I felt like, wow, like, you kind of were in my head a little bit, you know? I just felt like I I was reading, I mean, I was listening, really, to stuff that I felt like other people think like this. Other people think, think like this because my brain just goes there. Mm-hmm. And like sometimes I'm a little bit, you know, crazy. So I I enjoy the books because I feel like I can, it's like a, I identify. Mm-hmm. You know, just wondering what was really going on, mm-hmm. wondering what the prophets were really thinking. And then tying all the stuff that, um, you know, we've learned over time through our uh, religious experiences and stuff to um, to real life and, and the universe and, you know, just making it so that, you know, anybody can tap in. That's what I really enjoy about it. You know, mm-hmm. like, it's not like, oh, you got to be a part of this elite group of people. Like we all have the power to tap into, you know, to that, that energy source and, and create our own um, existences the way we want them to be. And really just, i enjoy that i enjoyed i enjoy listening to like-minded people and i feel like when i listened to your book it it made me feel like i wasn't crazy
0: yeah yeah <laughs> i think i think just in general um i think the world i'm just not going limited to us i just think there are just certain folks who are braver uh it will speak more about their desire to have a, a more um I don't want to say unique religious experience or spiritual experience, but something fresh because the same thing has say, been taught for a long time. I would say time.
1: honest. I would say yeah. honest. an honest you know, experience like, that's really good. An that's- honest experience, like basically like an experience that is your own, you yeah. know, versus what you've been taught or what you've been told is the experience you're supposed to have. Mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, that's where... You know, that's where the juices and the berries really are, is like you really just kind of like letting go of everything that everyone has, you know, from your parents to, mm-hmm. you know, the, to the deacons and the pastors and the, you know, whoever raised you. And mm-hmm. like letting go of everything that they are telling you to think or believe or feel and really help mm-hmm. yourself to feel how you feel and and be okay with that, you know,
0: and one of the entries we uh, it, it talks about coming up with your own version of heaven. You know the Bible's version is streets paved with gold, paved gold, and angels singing all day. And
1: and then you got your rope,
0: you get your rope. Oh yeah, got out your rope, and uh, then also. Depending on what church you go to, you go see your family. So I'm gonna be like, you don't even care for family there, right? So, <laughs> right. <laughs> so hey, just family? don't sound like a fun place the way that it has been preached. Like this whole afterlife just don't sound like it's fun the way that it's been preached. So right. uh if you could if you could tell the universe, tell God, this is the heaven that I desire, what does it look like for
1: you? Um, the heaven that I desire would be like um to put it into words is a little hard let me see um I would say that I could eat all the food that I wanted without getting fat okay um that I would be able to you know there would be a party all the time that I could go to whenever I felt like it you know okay um and Lots of sleepovers, lots of girl sleepovers. Okay. And, you know, really just like having a blast and not having to worry about any external pressures. Yeah. <laughs> That's happened to me. Like literally getting up, doing what I want to do, eating what I want to eat, mm-hmm. kicking it how I want to kick it, mm-hmm. and being able to dial right back into whatever I'm. You know, purpose to do for
0: mm-hmm. the next
1: day or the next moment without any consequence,
0: <laughs> Ooh, without without any guilt, yeah. Well, <laughs> Gil- mean, Gil- that's, that's heaven. Like, yeah,
1: that's heaven. Uh, Gil-
0: your heaven sounds a lot like mine, it's <laughs> way too much. We might have crossed, we might cross paths. Uh, Who wouldn't want these things, yeah? I mean. Life should be fun, right? I I think after a certain age, and I I don't mean like when you're old. I think when you're in your 40s, you should just be able to start enjoying your life. Yeah. You should just start to enjoy it. I think heaven can be a presently filled experience. Um, And I actually uh, purposely and intentionally try to live my life that way because um, even though I don't subscribe to any theology, you, you know that about me, but I do take the wisdom from all the books and all the prophets that are in the holy books. And Jesus, right. says that, Jesus says that the, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, meaning like right now. That was a I agree. that was a presently felt experience for him. Yes. Right. But it was his heaven. Does it make sense? Like yeah. so. Uh, in my opinion, again, in um, and, and trying to walk like Christ, let me just break that down a little bit. Uh, Jesus' name in Hebrew, uh, in all the ways that he's been described, means God on earth. Right. Uh, it doesn't mean the son of God on earth. It means God on earth, like a literal manifestation of God on earth. That's that's what his name like literally means. And so in trying to walk like Christ, really what we should all aspire to is how can we have that same God on earth experience that Jesus had? Not how can we have Jesus' experience to be more like Christ? Right, right, right. I totally agree. Right? And so I think where a lot of people get it twisted up is they're trying to, they're trying to walk with Jesus' cross and not walk it with their own. You know, Jesus actually carried a literal cross, but everybody has a, you know, metaphoric cross. Their that, own cross. Yeah, you know, you know what I'm saying like it's a metaphor for whatever it is they're they're carrying, whatever their mission is. But when you start to carry whatever that is, you start to experience your own version of heaven that is singularly meant for you if you choose to see it that way, right?
1: So, possible. What happened? I can hear you. Uh, who are you talking to? You?
0: Are, you are you talking to me
1: you have like paul you froze for a minute
0: yeah all right i'm sorry i'll be still um <laughs> uh but when you when you decide to walk that out you know you can one, one last thing about that because i get excited when i get a chance to talk about those th- these things right so when you when you ask god hey this is the type of heaven that i want god will show you like how creation works like right. how, how creation like really works and and creation happens simultaneously, creation happens at the same time. You can have creation at one time. You can have destruction at the same time, right? If if you look back at the destruction, you can turn it to a pillar of salt like Lot's wife because you're looking at the past. That's, that's that's really what's going on there. But if you look forward to what God is creating and not looking at what God is destroying, then you can be like a participant in that experience, more right. than looking at the things that he's trying to march towards you. So you can actually help God create that experience for you if you ask Him. You know, it's you know how people say they're manifesting, they're asking the universe for whatever. That's all manifesting is just trying to, you know, in in order to simplify it, right? You just ask God and 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 I even say this too. Sometimes we tell God too much of what we want. He'll give it to us. Sometimes the better thing to do is ask God a question. Ask God a question, and then now what you have to prepare yourself for is how he brings you the answer? Yeah, I was gonna answer it for you. Absolutely. Yeah. How he's gonna bring you the answer? It might not come in the clothes that you expect. If you will just, but if you have your, if you have your spirit and your ear open to hear, because faith comes by hearing. If you, if you, leave yourself open to hear the answer when it's spoken from somebody else, then you know that God has sent the answer to you, and then you'll know that your prayer is like on the way to being, you know, answered. Right. So That's 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 how I'm trying to very slowly create my own version of exactly what you just said, because I want to stand on a bunch of couches. And go fishing and uh <laughs> And still be
1: hella still be hella healthy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And like fit and feel good. Yeah, because I don't want to feel bad
0: about because my guilty vice is smoking clothes. I love me. really I, these right here. Let me tell you, I that's, <laughs> yes, I do. I like I not wine from the day with with the clothes and red wine. Don't don't judge me.
1: But, no, uh, and I, there's nothing like a good red wine.
0: Nothing like a good red wine. Or, you know, What's your favorite? Pour, uh, oh, uh, Pinot Noir. That's my favorite. Um, a good Bordeaux. A good Bordeaux is, is really okay. good. And then there, this is like my, I don't want to say party wine, but if I like really want to like relax and I'm treating myself, there are some wines, red wines now that are, uh, put into um, like rum caskets or, or bourbon caskets. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the name. Cooper and Thief. That's the name of it. Oh, that's my favorite. Oh,
1: good. That is one of the best reds. Shut up. Nobody know about that like that.
0: You you drink the the red? Yeah. Now, that's, it's worth Yeah. That's that's a good bottle of
1: wine. I like that
0: wine a lot. All right. So, all right. So, next question about the book, because uh, in volume two, I talk about a different story of creation, the ancient Sumerian story of creation. Mm-hmm. So this is, this is why I actually like that story. Uh, and, and I'm sorry I keep wiping my face. I work in my garage and it's hot in Texas. Right. <laughs> it's,
1: and it's, humid.
0: it's humid out here. Yeah. It's, it's humid out here. I hate, man, I, I have cabin fever, man. I'm I trying to get outside. Hold on, I'm going to turn the lights on. All right, so the ancient story, ancient Sumerian story of, of creation. is called the Gilgamesh. And so just to give some background for all the people that are listening. Uh, so the ancient Sumerians, just think about the earth as having a bunch of nomadic tribes that were hunter-gatherers, and then all of a sudden the Sumerians showed up. That's, that's basically how they came about in history. There was There was no indication that all of this super intelligence was just going to show up on planet earth one day. So these, these guys are the first ones to give us arithmetic. The first ones to give us writing, cuneiform, uh, engineering. They, they gave us the numbers zero through nine. Um, and, and the whole sailing, like a whole host of other like world-changing innovations that have affected history. They right. also wrote their own story of creation. In their story, the roles are actually reversed. So the serpent in the story is named Inky. Uh, mm-hmm. then there's another god in there named Enlil, and so they're they're twin brothers, and they don't like each other. But Inky, who is a serpent, uh, likes humanity. He loves humanity, and uh, the older brother wants to keep humanity basically enslaved. So just think about it like uh, Enlil wanted everybody to keep their corporate job, and Inky was coming to give everybody a cash infusion to their business. Okay, that's basically how they operate. Right. right. So. The serpent, if he goes to Eve and says, Hey, these guys are trying to enslave you, a war is coming, let me give you a tool. And Eve is the hero in the story because the serpent came to her not to tempt her, the serpent came to her to help her. And that is, in the Sumerian story, they, they don't look at the, the the serpent as the devil. They look at him as the right. God they tried to help. Okay. And then, you know, they go on to fight this battle together. And instead of, and this is why I like the Samarian story, or the way that it presents God. as as they're describing him versus the Judeo-Christian religions. In the Sumerian story, uh, God comes to help. And, you know, he comes to the woman to give her a tool to preserve the family's freedom. You know, and and so right off the bat, in the beginning of the story, you see God as a friend helping you to keep your family together. That that is is the subconscious understanding of God that the Sumerians had. Okay, they believe God to be afraid to keep them out of chains, all right? In the Judeo-Christian religions, the serpent comes to Eve, he tempts her, and i got my own beef with that because it says that she was desiring wisdom, right? <laughs> and so what's, you know, what's wrong with wisdom? Nothing. Nobody can live without wisdom. There's a whole book dedicated to wisdom. And so uh, in that story, Eve is tempted, follow humanity. Uh, Eve gives every woman on earth a cycle, a uh, mission cycle, and then Adam is going to work and, uh, you know, their sons killed each other. son killed another one. If you just look at the stories on, on both sides and you actually gave them the kids, which one do you think they would choose? Right? Uh, right? Yes. If you see God, and I really want you to think about this, just imagine if you had been exposed to God as a friend initially, because nobody, no kids don't understand Adam and Eve, right? What, what kids going to get? Right. You? Right. So if if you explain God to, to a child that hears God as your friend to help you you know keep your family together keep whatever versus you know don't make this mistake you can't eat this apple like how does it change your relationship with God growing up?
1: I think it definitely puts you in a place where you're welcoming you know the God like experience because you know if God is if God is someone that is a friend that is <clears throat> basically. You know, being um, there to help versus being like somebody that's ruling over you and giving you all the don't do's. I think you become more inquisitive. You know, you want to know more. You want to, you know, find out how this thing works versus, you know, kind of what we pretty much experience, which is like, especially those of us that were like made to go to church and stuff, is like we couldn't wait to get get out. Like, let yeah. me out here anymore. Mm-hmm. Versus, you know, I, I feel like if you if you are giving a child a story like that, you are definitely opening the door to them being more inquisitive and more curious about how God works and why would he want to help and what mm-hmm. what is it that he wants you to um succeed at mm-hmm. you know, like um or or better yet like if you're if you're supposed to be being god like then you're you're more you're looking at it from a freer standpoint, because you're looking at it from a place of, you know, wanting to give, wanting to help, wanting to see others do well, versus, um, you know, being put in that, you know, place where you got to put a judgment hat on, because um, I feel like, you know, we get, we get the version that we grew up with. And um, it's so much, so many contradictions, you know, like, um, but then we're told not to judge people, but then we're told if you don't do it this way, then you're going to hell. Yeah. so. Like, what do you do with that? Like, so you definitely are put in a place where it's like, well, you're either totally fearful Mm -hmm. and that's before you become knowledgeable, right? Before you, you have like, Mm -hmm. you know, access to real information, which now everybody does. So Mm -hmm. you can't scare people into going to church anymore. It just does not Mm -hmm. work that way. You can't scare people into being um, religious. And so, you know, You, you take that concept that we've been growing up with that we've, we've kind of been indoctrinated into and it, it changes the narrative and it, it creates, you know, a place where, you know, you're, you're trying to establish yourself as being almost like better than the next person, closer mm-hmm. to God, closer to versus it being like, God is here to help. He's here to, you know, give you the tools and give you the things that you need to succeed. That's what, that's a way more, uh, freer way of experiencing, yeah and 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 also um
0: Adam and Eve hide from God
1: and so you know because he's, he's getting because he, God is angry God is a vengeful god. Exactly. And so that,
0: that that also will provoke us to also hide from God right and then god has to come searching for us et cetera so uh and then i'm gonna tell you what else too that I would actually would love to i mean it's nothing that we could probably ever know but how would that change? I feel like that would change family relationships because you would Absolutely. even see the family, yeah, you would see the family unit work together through a hard time versus the fall of humanity for what really seems like a very simple mistake, right? Um additionally, how would women be treated differently? Way right? different because Eve is always preached as, you know, you have heard all of the stories and you know, women being subservient, but in the Sumerian culture, their first recorded author was a woman.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of the stuff that we um are experiencing now definitely comes from you know this other it's, it's for me it's like this. Um a a lot of what we learned was taught to us by um for as a means of control. You know. Yeah, sure. uh, um you know uh, we've talked about this before about you know just like humans just pretty much having free will right mm-hmm. and so it's like um, you know you got to put a system in place to keep people you know under control and you know fear is a very 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 um mm-hmm. it's a very powerful way of controlling mm-hmm. people I mean we can see that now in just like what we're dealing with now with all the pandemic sure. stuff and everything. Sure, sure. And I, I, I want to say something about that because it's like, you know, that fear-based thinking puts, puts you in a place where you're reactive. You're never, you're never proactive. You're always reactive. Right. You're always like responding to something versus, mm-hmm. um, you know, being put in a position where um, you are already in a good place. It's kind of like the teacher that tells you, you have an A already you know, keep the A. Then feeling like, oh, God, what am I, what do I got to do to get an A? You know, all I got to do is mm-hmm. keep the A, right? Mm-hmm. So when, when um, I think about, you know, just the way that we've been taught, the way that I grew up, um, dialing back into that is more about just keeping people. In a place where you know they're going to be fearful and they're going to be able to be controlled, and when you do that, then you can feed them anything because you don't really want them to grow, you don't really want them to be successful, you want them to be in a fishbowl, you know. And then, as the um, as the colonizers you know kind of map this all out, it's like, and the fishbowl is going to be this big, mm-hmm. <laughs> so like this is where you get to be and this is as big as you get to be. And that's that. And I feel like, um, we got it. We, we definitely turned that around. I, I, I think we should be giving our children the, the ancient Sumerian version. We, we, we really need to empower our children and we need to become empowered. And we need to know that, you know, the godlike force is here because it's just guiding us to where we're supposed to be our purposes. Agree with
0: that. And it's all around. Like that that could be a whole nother episode, uh, just talking about how very present the universe is because once you once once your eyes open up to how interconnected all of us really are with each other, uh, not just with people, just talking about nature, just all things, all matter, all energy. And when you really start to uh see, feel and experience that just cannot unexperience it, right? Absolutely. And then, and then it just becomes more. You become more conscious. You become more aware of it, and your life just starts to fall into a, a sort of a weird order uh, that you can start. Oh, uh, am I?
1: Am I really? You froze my up. A bit. I'm, I'm, I need to. No. I'm, trying to do. My battery, my, my battery
0: was. My battery was trying to run out. Okay, so we've been talking for a while. We are gonna get you back on because I've enjoyed this conversation. and You know, and you're not. You're not that hard to look at. Um, uh, what, what dream is still on your bucket list?
1: What dream? Yeah. What dream is still on my bucket list? I would like, hmm, I got a bunch of dreams. What one do I want to make a big deal out of right now?
0: The best one. Like, just pull one out of thin air. Don't overthink it.
1: I know. The thing is, it's like, I can't even, it's like, I'm not thinking. It's like.
0: All right. Let, let me, let me, let me, let me phrase it a different way. You have one year to spend a million dollars. What you doing? One year to spend a million dollars. How are you spending that?
1: How are you spending
0: it? I'm
1: traveling. Where? Everywhere. No, I can't travel everywhere on a million dollars. But um I you know what I really wanna do? I Mm. wanna go, I don't even know if this is a million dollar this ain't even a million dollar thing. I wanna go to like I don't know, I'm gonna go to like Bali or Fiji or somewhere by myself. (laughs) I wanna just go there and I want to just not think about anybody but myself. Hmm. Have you and ever I, taken a solo trip? I mean that like, you said what? Yeah, have you ever taken a solo trip before? No, I've never traveled oh, that by myself. You're gonna love it. But yeah, like a- I want to do that and I want to like, you know, not have any type of a, uh, I don't want to have to worry about anybody else. Mm-hmm. I want to know that like my kids and everybody is good so that I can just really go and just sometimes I just want to just be somewhere I've never been and just refocus, you know, just kind of get a little more grounded. I think more so because <clears throat> there's always so much going on. And then as a parent, yeah. uh, you're never first anymore. You're yeah. never, you know.
0: Yeah, but, uh, I'm a, a million dollars in a year. No, parents are never first. Parents are never first. But that's why you want to take the solo trip. Solo trips are dope. I, I believe in solo trips. Uh, I, I try to. I haven't been on one in a while, but I've gone to um, Belize, San Pedro, Belize by myself. Um, Costa Rica, Barbados. and... I'm
1: still, jealous. But I think he was a world traveler, so I'm not surprised. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah,
0: man. Like, it, but you know what? I plan all my trips around fishing. Oh really? And, yeah, that's really all I'm trying to You're do. A Wherever I go, I go fishing. Whenever I go, I'll go fishing. If I had a million dollars to spend in a year's time, I would do like you. Um I would but I would like to stay places for like 30 days at a time. And I still podcast, I would still write. Um I would like to like go meditate with some monks uh or something. Yeah. Or you know, go train with some ninjas. Uh something like that. And, you know, just for for thirty days I would do that, right? And oh I'll go hang out at the mind temples. I would just love to, to to experience that, go to Stonehenge. I would I would go see all those things and I would shoot podcast episodes at all the places. Nice. Uh, you know, swim with the dolphins and killer whales and all that type of thing. And uh I don't know. You
1: know oh, I just hmm. had a thought. Fantasy-wise, I would I would actually probably um, build myself a nice stage in the middle of a park. And I would (laughs) I would put together the best band.
0: You go go through a concert.
1: I I would be the I would be the concert I would be the headliner.
0: Okay. The concert. I can see that. You can have uh, Bruno Mars and Mr. Peck. Uh <laughs> same background. You can help them help them with
1: their De- uh, definitely, definitely would do that. I've always wanted to do that. Like I've always wanted to like experience that. I've always wanted to have that experience only because um I just always have been like a public speaker and a mm-hmm. an educator, but I've never been like an entertainer.
0: Okay. So you wanna get off stage and
1: just see what that feels like? You wanna have yep. the whole you're gonna jump in the crowd? I might. Okay. Like this. Just like literally would just I might like not jump in the crowd. I think I would just do the one of those fallbacks. Okay. Okay, we we'll, we well write that down. Let's
0: let's see if you can manifest that. Okay, that that, that actually would be pretty awesome. All right, we're gonna wrap this up. We're gonna do this again. Uh, three goals for the rest of the year.
1: Three. What are they? Make more money. Be more specific. <laughs> I know you was. I knew you was gonna say that. Mm-hmm. Um. How come you put me on the spot and I cannot answer these questions? Mm-hmm. These are not even hard. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. I want to take two trips with my daughter. Just me and her. Um, I want to, um, I want, oh, sorry. I want to, um, take two trips with my daughter. You said within a year, within the year? Yeah. Before the end of this. Before the end of the year. Yeah. So i want to take two trips with my daughter. I want to, um, Mm-hmm. Mhm. Yeah, I, I I I slid that one in there on purpose. Cause you said before <laughs> the end of the year I started. I, 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 like, yeah. I slid wait that in a minute. Yeah. Oh, I want to look. No, look, look. So two trips with my daughter. I want to start. I want to. You you inspired me. I want to start my own podcast. Okay. And cause now I know I'm not an alien from another planet. And um, let me see. Oh, and I want to get pregnant.
0: All right, What what
1: that
0: would be what? Two or three for y'all. I don't
1: remember. 3 it It'd be three. Three or four. Three. Okay, three. Three. Okay, I, I never not recall. I need you get pregnant well, before the birth. You, you, you were a
0: very pretty uh, pregnant woman. You say that you were glowing. I remember some of the pictures that you, uh, you
1: know what you posted on Instagram I thought that I was have good I have good experiences carrying my children. I have had no issues. It's the delivery for me that just it takes me out. Okay. But um but I enjoy um I I'm healthy like I don't have any I don't have morning sickness nothing. So two
0: right here. All right, that's a good. All right, my three cuz I I have I have plenty. So um I want to release two more books. I already have actually I, I have so many books written. I just I want to let me rephrase it. I want to really teach the concepts that are in my first two books before I release the next any of my uh, you know, next books, except for The Sons of Solomon. That was gonna be pretty dope, which is erotic poetry. Uh, y'all gonna. Like oh, that. I can't wait for that one. Yeah, y'all, y'all gonna like that one. Um, <clears throat> I want to have a rap battle with Barack Obama. You gotta have one real ratchet ass goal in there. So that's my that's I want to have I want to have a rap battle with Barack Obama in my garage.
1: I gotta get more in touch with my rap my ratchet side because I really didn't have no ratchet thoughts in my mind when you talked about. Hey, those. See,
0: I'm telling you, come on to this version of heaven. Is, I gotta get this, it together. This, this a good for And you know, I'm just throwing it out there and see what the universe does. Uh, but if Barack Obama's in my garage freestyling, I won. Um, and I want to, um, I really want to know what it is. To, I, I was very close to being a millionaire when I was young. I want to get back to that, you know, by the end of this year.
1: And, I want to know what that feels like,
0: too. Yeah. And, and, um, so I might have a goal to sell two million books, uh, and you know, hopefully and perfectly that happens. Uh, and, it, and if that happens, then I definitely will hit that number for sure. So uh, you know, anything happens, I think my books are good, so uh, eventually they'll catch on, uh, like I think they should, and you know, we'll see if I get close to that number. But th- those are my goals. Is I want to be, I want to be like a, a liquid, a liquid millionaire by the end of
1: this year. Yes, uh, you got this.
0: uh, well amen I received that prophecy and I'm seeing
1: Barack too I'm like actually I did not see it it and I envisioned it he gonna lose all I needed was one to agree with me the power of agreement y'all heard it first well I mean I really like because Barack seemed like a real cool dude so I could definitely I don't see him shying away from it I just see you having to create that opportunity like I
0: I feel like him and uh, Michelle probably eat edibles together
1: that's probably why they're
0: Well, Don't they look happy? I have one specific picture. When I looked at it, I was like, they was probably high in this picture.
1: I I wouldn't doubt it, and I would applaud them for that.
0: Yeah. I mean, they probably live somewhere where it's legal. Uh, So, Monique,
1: tell the people how to find
0: you. How can they find your shop, find you on Instagram, uh, so they can, just in case, for the people who don't know you?
1: I am... Right in the Bay Area, Walnut Creek, California, in Sola Salon Studios. Um, My Instagram handle is at Monique Janae Beauty. You can catch me there. Uh, My link to book is also on the page. I'm a part of uh, the Gloss Genius app, so you can book there as well. And um, you can hit me up anywhere, actually, Uh, either one of my pages. I'm easy to find.
0: Yeah, you are easy to find.
1: Easy. All right, uh, for for those that don't know
0: me, I'm Samuel Ibrahim. I uh, uh, you can find my books on Amazon and Amazon Audible exclusively. I prefer the Audible versions because my narrators are pretty dope. Uh, Monique can attest to that. And uh, you know, I like to save the trees. I got to thank with Mother Nature. I think she's sexy, so I don't like it when people uh, cut her down. And um, you can find me on None of the Profit. Uh, underscore 2x on Instagram or I am Samuel Ibrahim. I am Samuel Ibrahim on uh, Instagram. And then the com. That's my blog where I just write about uh, random stuff that, you know, sounds a lot more intelligent than what I was talking about tonight. Um, <laughs> so thank you guys for joining. Uh, this will not be the last time Monique joins uh, the Mind of the Prophet meditation hour because uh, you know, we are really good friends even though we don't talk a lot. And it's always just refreshing when you and I get a chance to just chop it up for a little bit. So I'm That sounds real. It. Yeah, for sure. So we're going to have to do this again. Might even get your husband on to do like a, a couple's. A he
1: couple's definitely, party. no, we definitely need to get him. Yeah. We you definitely. Y'all play, spades?
0: You y'all play Spades?
1: I don't play any card games.
0: Do better. I'm about to take your card. I'm about
1: to take it right now. I don't to play no you. card
0: games. I'm, I'm about to snatch it right now. All right. Thank you, everyone, for joining. This is Sam Ibrahim, the host of the Mind of the Prophet Meditation Hour with beautiful Monique Janae Smith. Thanks for it was, having me. Yeah, it was, it was great to have you on. Uh, we will talk again soon. Uh, we'll probably talk again tomorrow. Been, of course. We've we got to recap. Yeah, we got to do that. All right, guys, thank you very much. You guys have a great night. All right.